People have so many different interpretations of what describes the perfect love life. It can be hard to talk about how we feel. Until now, welcome to Pillow Talk with Cheryl, featuring host and relationship expert Cheryl Besner. Cheryl's kind of like your BFF, easy to talk to and frankly honest. Whether it's about love and relationships, sex and desires, she's here along with some great experts. Now, here's Cheryl Besner. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. I'm your host and relationship coach and communication expert. And as always, we are here to talk about you, relationships, communication, the dance of love, because that's what it's all about. When we talk to each other, I love to think of it as a dance. When one steps forward, the other one takes a step back and around and around we go and that's later on in the show what we're going to be talking about also is communication and I'm going to be joined by Marla Stewart she is the founder of Velvet Lips and Velvet Lips is all about coming to understand your sensuality the art of seduction flirtation and how that works in communication with our partners and the people around us so Today's show, Life, Love, and Lust, well, that's the conversation we're going to be having. And as always, we're going to be joined in a moment by our own very special Dr. Phil Morphew with our wise whispers from down under. But first, I want to address something that came in through my website. Don't forget, you can reach out to me, CherylBesner.com. You can also reach out on Facebook and Instagram and send me your quick your questions or anything that you really want discussed on the show, and I'm going to try and answer them. And this one actually is not the first time somebody has asked me this question, and something I want to discuss with you, and also we're going to speak to Dr. Phil about this. So somebody wrote in and said, I recently met a guy and totally fell in love from the moment we connected. It's been a whirlwind of passion, fun, and romance since we met six weeks ago. But all my friends say he's a playboy and I shouldn't be dating him. He swears he's never been so attracted to anyone and that I'm different. And I truly believe him. What do you think? Struggling in self-doubt is how it's signed. Well, you know, there are signs um, and, and people give labels to playboys and often it's used in context of somebody who is just single and who does not want to commit and is just enjoying life the way it is. But it doesn't mean that somebody who has been labeled a playboy doesn't end up meeting somebody who knocks their socks off and then they want to commit. I mean, think of George Clooney, for instance. He got married and everybody thought he was the most, you know, or biggest playboy in the world. The fact is, one woman can hold a man's attention and become the things that he needs to get or things he needs to get from a whole lot of people out there. And sometimes it's ego. There are signs that you can look for that he is a complete playboy and playing you. But my question to you would be, well, is he starting to introduce you to his friends? Has he wanted to introduce you to his family? Now, it's six weeks. That might be a little early. But is he talking about things like that? And are you a priority every single day? And do you speak to each other? And is there continuous communication between you? You know, sometimes we have to turn off the outside noise and go inside. And we can also ask the questions, have you asked this person are you still dating other people? You know, your reputation in the past has been a playboy. I don't see that in you. 
Am I seeing something that isn't actually the authentic you? Talk to me. Talk to him. Ask him. Because sometimes our assumptions are wrong. And it's all because we didn't ask the question. So sit down. Have a heart-to-heart with your friends and tell them thank you for the information. But right now I have to follow my heart and have that heart-to-heart with him. (coughs) And don't close your eyes to signs that might be telling you that he is not ready to settle down. So that's my advice. And I want to continue this conversation. As you know, every week we bring in Dr. Philip Morphew all the way from down under from for our Wise Whispers segment. And Philip, we're not under the covers. We're here ready to take the covers off and talk about Playboys today. Oh, we are, Cheryl. Hello, listeners. It's great to be back on the show. Um, Wow, what a great way to start the show, Cheryl. (laughs) I guess we can also see, you know, there there are women who are players out there too, right? yeah, absolutely. There, there, and the way that I see it, and and having worked with thousands and thousands of people and couples over the years, and and you know, <laughs> I'm going to laugh because someone once called me a playboy, and which I thought was really funny when I was single. Um, but what I was really finding, I was searching for that person who was going to captivate my attention, mm-hmm. and she did. 30 odd years later, um, still captivates my attention. So it's one of the keys, I guess, is, is working out whether the guy is really playing you. And, and like you said, Cheryl, there, there's communication, good communication is really, really important for that. And asking the key questions. So many people I've worked with along the way have, have never actually asked, are you seeing anyone else? Or right. worst case, are you I- married? And then a hundred percent, you know how many women that I've worked with have said to me, well, I found out he was married on our third date. And I said, did you not ask that question on the first date? Did you not even ask the question before you got onto the first date? Like during that FaceTime conversation, because, you know, if you're meeting online, not everybody tells the truth on their profile, right? But you have a conversation. First question. So how long have you been divorced? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know? or, the, or the old one was <laughs> Oh, I've been separated for quite a while. So I think there's lots of ways with the guys. And the thing is, always look in their eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who are just cold and calculating and are just going to play the game. But the general, if, if the person has half a level of decency, you ask them in the eyes and if they're going to be lying, their eyes are going to come down That's look right. down to the left. They're going to look down and to the left. You're going to see it in their eyes. So don't be afraid to work at it. If you're getting a gut feeling and instinct... And the other thing is, you know, if it's, uh, look, I'm just in a meeting, I've got to come out, and you look at the time of the night, um, you've got to look at those things. And um, uh, I had, I've, I've, I've got a client at the moment who, who met a guy two weeks, oh, my God, head over heels, amazing. She goes, this is the one after two weeks. And I said, where are you feeling it? Oh, she says, everywhere, everywhere. <clears throat> and long story short, um, he gives her a key. Um, on the fourth week, on the fourth week, she drops by and finds him in bed with another woman or <laughs> or person. It's over already, and it's like, and I said to her, I said, "Hang on a tick. Where was right. what questions did you ask? What yeah. questions? 
but you've got to ask the question if you're feeling it in if you're feeling it anyway even if you're not ask so you can tick the box and move on from it i know and, and it's always that they're not asking the question right they're not, they're not because they get filled with the euphoria of oh my god someone likes me someone loves me or, or someone's giving me the attention i've desired for so long since my husband left me or my partner left me or since my last partner um and and that's a euphoric feeling it's incredible well that's like one of the quotes that i always say to 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 my clients but also that i i say a lot on stage if you are afraid to ask the question you probably already know the answer that's my quote for the week everybody if you are afraid to ask the question you probably know the answer and it's not the one you want so no. have the question right yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 look, and especially with online dating, I'm, I hear it most days in my clinic. Um, you know, the, the, you know, it's the one I, I had a, a, a woman and the guy was playing, he was playing her in a way they hadn't actually met, but he was already, she says, I'm so in love because he tells me every day how much he loves me. I said, so you haven't met face to face yet? No, not yet. Right. And, you know, this went on for months and months and months. I said, look, all my alarm bells are ringing off. The guy's serious, no matter how busy. Like I work 75 to 80 hours a week. And I tell you, you if there's someone you're interested in, you're going to find you time. You find the time. Well, that's they the classic line. All, all the women and, and men that I work with are always saying, you know, I'm, I want to meet somebody, especially like matchmaking clients. Like I want to yeah. meet somebody. I want to meet somebody. But I'm so busy. You know, I have a very busy life. And I'm like, well, you either are going to make time for somebody or you're not. And guess what? When you meet somebody you like, you're going to find more and more time for that person because you're yeah, going to want to do it. And I think there's also a very important thing in this whole, this whole um, playboy element is also to, to differentiate what we call a playboy versus a player, and they're not necessarily the same thing. And a playboy exactly. is somebody who openly just dates a lot of people. Um, they don't necessarily play. They don't necessarily lie, um, especially in today's world and, and millennials. Are, people are much more open and freer to talk about the fact that they're not committing as fast as yep. we did when we were younger. And, and the playboy is, is, is for somebody who dates a lot of people, but a player tends to not be honest about their feelings. They just leave Cheryl. Yeah. I, and I, I, think, I think another important thing that people can look out for, you know, as we were talking about, the elusiveness and, and, and whether they're being accountable for their time to you and whether they're prioritizing. And some men are able to put a lot of women into a short period of time and play them. But also look at who they're hanging around with. You know, if they, they are friends with a lot of players, that can also tell you, or play boys, like if they're in that playboy jet set world, um, no matter what socioeconomic bracket you're in, they exist in every yeah. community, right? Um, yeah. If they're friends with players and they continuously hang around with them, well, then it may not be serious because what happens in, in my professional opinion, and Phil, I want you to weigh in on this, is that when what we consider a playboy meets the one, and they usually do, by the way. Um, they start to step out of that light. And Absolutely. they start to focus more on the relationship and that person and prioritizing. And, and the, you know, the, the 
playboy nightlife kind of existence that we associate with playboy starts to fall into the background and it can start fairly soon and normally playboys when they fall they fall hard Absolutely. and they fall they fast right and 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 they, and they commit and and it's it's one of the things with that and i've i've seen it i've noticed amongst friends of mine that when they <coughs> excuse me when they find find that one all of a sudden, all of those other interests fade into the background because those other interests are only filling the void within them that they, they long for a partner. That's the veneer. It's the sprinkles on the cupcake. Yeah. They're after that cupcake. They're after that solid relationship. But the player, on the other hand, is is there is a level of sociopath in a, in a player. There's, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're lying. They're deceiving in general because partly because they are scared of commitment. Partly they uh, they, Bingo. Don't, they don't want to get hurt, so they're going to go. Well, I'm going to I'm going to have fun with all these people, and no one's going to hurt me. Right. Um, and I'm just going to use them like I got used. Right. You know, and and that's fear. that's the big word here is fear. Right. That's what what fear. everybody yeah. what everybody protects themselves from. Anyway, okay. So now we have it. There you have it. Player versus playboy. Don't be afraid to give your heart, but give it cautiously. Ask the questions. And be true to yourself is part of this. And listen to your gut, your GPS, gut primal senses, everybody. My GPS rule, gut primal senses. You have it, use it. Phil, thank you so much. Don't forget, everybody, Dr. Philip Morphew and his book, Soulful Reflections, is available on Amazon. Pillow Talk is going to continue. We are here for you having this intimate conversation about life, love, and lust right after this. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You 
are listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. Everybody, welcome back to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. And as always, had a great conversation with Philip. Thank you, Philip, for joining in from down under on the Wise Whispers. And now we're going to get into something else that our lips actually do. And um, I'm really happy to be welcoming to the show Marla Stewart. She is the founder of Velvet Lips, something actually that we should all kind of try to have all the time is those velvet lips and she's also the co-founder of sex down south which is a collaboration ex um, expertise i guess you would call it and i'm going to let you marla really walk us through this and um i'm looking forward to this conversation that we're going to have on exactly what this all means to us so welcome to the show marla stewart Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you bringing me here. Um, so yeah, at Velvet Lips, it's uh, my sexuality education company. And um, what I do is, you know, we, we specialize in seduction, communication, and sex skills. And, you know, just really helping people build up their sexual confidence. And with my co-founder, uh, Tia, um, we uh, brought our heads together and we created sex the Sex Down South Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's a three-day conference full of all sorts of sex experts from all around the world. Um, you know, we learn during the day and then we party and have fun at night. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting because you, you know, you, you started off by saying how, um, you know, about seduction and, and sexuality and, and people just kind of think that it's a natural thing for everybody. Oh, you know, we all know how to seduce. I know how to seduce and, and I know my, you know, where my sensuality comes from, but is that actually true? Do you think that it's something that's natural to everybody or do you think that it's something that you can, as you said, learn and develop? as you go along. Yeah, I think it's natural for some people, not a whole lot of people. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely believe that it can be learned. And so that's what I teach. So I teach different, you know, I teach different people on, you know, different touching techniques, how to touch people, you know, what is seduction, how to use um, intimacy, affection to their advantage, um, and just really just be better seducers. And, you know, be better pleasers. We all want to please somebody. So I really just want to help people become, you know, better pleasers so they can get what they want, essentially. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you say that because also right now with, with what's going on with the Me Too movement and everything, I've always worked with my clients and talked about, you know, um, making that first connection. When you meet somebody new, you know, touching them helps right away break down a lot of barriers. But a lot of people and especially now are either afraid to make that, that touch because it can be taken in the wrong way. And while you're trying to teach to seduce, some people find it very offensive to be touched right away by a stranger. So there, there's, you know, body language and there's the right way and the, you know, the safe zones that people can touch. Um, do you ever work with your clients on how to touch the safe zones and not be seductive with it? 
<laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so for instance, last night um, I taught a class and it was advanced flirting, the art of sexual pursuit. So it really um, helped people to solidify, you know, what are their boundaries? What are their desires? You know, what are their values? You know, what are the things that they need to um, you know, be better listeners, better partners, better lovers. Um, but then also thinking about consent and what that looks like, right? So um, is it verbal, nonverbal? Um, and then with the touching techniques, of course, you know, thinking about their shoulders or arms or places um, that are generally okay to touch. But that's only if you've been, you've created a, a net of safety, you know, so uh, a, a net of safety and comfort with that person um, is sort of the only not the only way, but the best way that you should, you know, when you're touching somebody, um, be involved. So it's sort of like a vetted um, process that you already have in mind. So yeah, I definitely teach around consent and making sure you do those things first um, before you just start, you know, randomly touching people. <laughs> because now even, I mean, I'm sure you're seeing it on the news and, and here, I'm sure all of you at home are listening to what's going on with Joe Biden and this woman who, you know, is accusing him now of doing something just as, as simple as smelling her hair. And, and, you know, there's often times where I know I'm in public and I smell somebody's cologne or something and my head tends to go towards them and say, oh, wow, that's a beautiful smell. And I, I don't know, you know, the final things of what's going on with the Biden, but even that, you know, it, it can be taken um, the way you want it to be because it can be something very flirty or it can be something as innocent as wanting to make you know somebody happy by giving them a compliment. So how do you know the difference and, and if you're the recipient of it, what are the signs to look for? Whether that sniff is just a compliment or an attempt to flirt. So here's the thing. It's a very fine line, right? If somebody compliments us and we really enjoy that compliment, it's most likely because we find them attractive in some way or there's a, a level of comfort or safety that we have. Now, if I'm smelling your hair and um, you're like, Marla, that is creepy, it's most likely because I didn't create that safety net, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's probably, you know, in the midst of what's happening is that people aren't creating the the area of safety and security that other folks need to feel comfortable enough to say, Hey, Oh, I like, you know, I like the way you smell or, you know, I, I like your outfit or I think you're beautiful or whatever it is. And sometimes I also think um, we're sensitive right now, right? Like we are very sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> in some cases, I think we, we have crossed over from being not sensitive enough to being sensitive, to being hypersensitive. And, and I think that, you know, we're crossing lines there too at times. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's just, you know, I, I really just love like the four agreements, right? And it's just like, don't take things so personally. Um, you know, you really just have to understand that. Um, I'm sorry about my dog. <laughs> oh, dogs are great. I, I have the dog on pillow talk with Cheryl all the time. <laughs> Drizzy's around here somewhere. <laughs> um, so I'm just um, really... Um, uh, we really just need to understand as people that like sometimes things are just compliments and, and just to understand them as compliments. And if people are really being gross or, you know, negative or manipulative about it, then that is, that is when we need to be careful. That's when we need to sort of pursue whatever it is that we want to pursue. Right. 
So what do you think people are trying to pursue the most? Like the people you meet, what, what is, you know, the pursuit of happiness kind of thing? Well, I deal within like, you know, like the sexual pursuit, right? Like if we're talking about if you wanting a hookup with someone or, you know, you want to, um, you know, you want to flirt with someone or you want to date with someone. Um, I, that's my specialty in thinking about how you, you're going to get to the next step of, you know, getting into bed with someone or, you know, having a casual hookup with someone. Um, so I think something simple as smelling your hair isn't necessarily on your way to going into the bedroom, right? right. And so um, I think people need to sort of figure out what are their intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, if my intentions are sexual or if they're just, if, or if they're not. Um, and, and sometimes uh, you might not even know your intention at the time. Yeah, I mean, that's it, very true. It's even the response that you get from the other person that can trigger you to say, oh, wait, I... I just realized that I did that and hey, you know what? I, I think I like the fact that I did it and I didn't even realize I was going to do it. You know, it could be something that leads you to the next level without any previous you know, notion that this is where it was going to go. Yeah, definitely. But that, of course, takes time. That takes talking. That takes, you know, that's you getting to know someone. So you're already creating that, that, that safety and security. So what kind of sexuality or what kind of education does your company, Velvet Lips, really provide for individuals and couples? So we provide everything from, uh, you know, uh, communication. So how people communicate um, differently, what that looks like. Um, I provide education on like seduction, like how to touch people. Um, I also provide um, education on folks who are in diverse um, sexualities or relationships. So to focus on folks who are kinky, folks who are swingers, folks who are in non-monogamous relationships, um, folks who are LGBTQ. Um, So those are the folks that I'm really, you know, sort of catered to other marginalized communities, you know, folks of color who really don't have a whole lot of, um, education, you know, as much as, you know, mainstream folks. So that is sort of my focus and into ensuring that people are getting the quality education that they need. It's what I call designer relationships. There are so many diverse ways of having relationships now that, you know, some people say, well, normal relationship. And I'm like, there is no norm anymore. There's the traditional heterosexual relationship that does exist, but the norm anymore, the norm is designing your own relationship and, and choosing between two people or more if, if, if you're in a polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. or swing type uh, relationship, what does that look like? And just making sure, going back to what you were saying before, is consensual, that everybody is on board with the same thing, right? Yeah, and that's really about being aligned in your values and knowing who you are as a person. You know, I find that when I have these clients, you know, they're like, well, I was monogamous, but it's because I didn't know any better, right? Or like, well, now I'm, I'm, I knew it, but I just didn't, you know, think it was going to be socially acceptable. But now, you know, people are more open, you know, millennials have done a good job of just sort of like, we are who we are and we do what we do that is sort of really... Um, uh, really uh, broadening the, the perspectives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's spread to like, you know, other communities as well. So, 
Yeah. And, and that comes with its, its own set of challenges as well, because the marriage rate is going down. And yet there's a lot of people who, as you say, the millennials are making changes, but then they, the, the millennials of 10 years ago, um, just before millennials, they are finding themselves in their 30s and 40s, wanting to get married and have children, and, and then they're struggling with her. We're going to talk about this and much, much more right after the break. Stick around with Marla and myself right here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio, every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. We are back on Pillow Talk with Cheryl, and I want to remind everybody that you can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram. There are always follow-ups of the show, and also the inspirations that I share with you each week come back up on social media, as well as some of the labors of love. Coming up in this segment, I am going to share with you the labor of love technique for the week, but right now, let's get back into this conversation. We're talking with Marla Stewart from Velvet Lips, and... um, Marla, Velvet Lips also it's about communication, right? Like that's the one of the primary things that you do as a coach and myself I do as a coach. I, I do it through the dance of love and, and how we communicate like a dance. And you address the challenges of individuals and couples in in more in the sexual and um, well, yeah, well we'll put it all under, you know, more intimate relationship yeah, and it's more relationships and it's just like how we talk to each other you know studying sociology for so long just realizing how we um, communicate differently you know if you've been raised as female or you've been raised as male you've been taught to communicate in different ways and so I really help people to understand like hey uh, especially a lot of women in particular um, need to learn how to directly communicate they really have a hard time directly saying things 
Um, and so for me, it's about like helping them to not decode things and helping um, sort of uh, men understand, you know, what women are really saying or how to get them to say what they really mean. Well, interesting enough, because, you know, I deal predominantly with women at my retreats and at my workshops and the one-on-one coaching. That's one of the things that I have to work with the women is to actually say things in a different way, because I find that a lot of the women are saying things with their new voice. And that voice is, I'm an independent woman. I am successful. I don't need to have a man in my life. And it comes across in many cases, and especially when we do, you know, the, these these virtuals, you know, and we do virtual dates and things like that, and we walk them through, and then they see themselves in communication where they are in a business meeting rather than you know, engaging with a person that they want to become intimate with. And and I'm working to decode them and go back into their feminine self and to enter into their their relationship world from that space. So interesting, you know, the difference in it. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's ways to communicate. I, I tell people, like, I am a very direct communicator, but I will also sugarcoat something if I need to sugarcoat it, right? Because mm-hmm. some of us are more sensitive than others, and we need to be able to communicate in various ways to make sure that we are connecting with the people that we need to connect to. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a, a, vari- a, a way of having a variety of communication methods. And not only, you know, do you want to be sort of direct and like, you know, maybe more masculine at your business meeting, but also, you know, how do you, you know, connect with your partners on an intimate level, making sure you still get your, your needs met um, without, you know, with being, you know, nice, soft, subtle, sensitive, or, you know, connecting to your feminine energy. And interesting enough that and that a lot of people, when they see themselves in a business setting versus a relationship setting or, you know, a relationship conversation, they don't even see the difference in the way. And, and what I'm always interested in is, you know, I used to run a very large corporation and I was the second female executive out of 22 male executives. And we would sit in these board meetings. I always got my point across. But you know what? I was a woman and I used that to my advantage. And I don't mean by being seductive and wearing, you know, short skirts or whatever. No, I'm talking about I use my feminine energy to make myself stand out in the crowd of male energy and was taken very seriously because I found the blend. And that's, I think, something that, you know, often women will say, well, he's not in touch with his feminine side. I wish, you know, my mate could be more in touch with that. And it's like, well, then use your feminine side to bring it out in him, you know, show him how to do that or show your partner who has, you know, too much of the male energy that you don't want, you know, show them how to tone it down a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, people can be taught things or learn things and ultimately people just want to please you. You know, and so you have to let them, you have to show them how you want to be pleased because that's, that's ultimately it, especially what I find with men is that they just want to please, you know, and they just want to make you happy. And, you know, how, how do we get there um, is the sort of the main issue when, um, you know, some women are just kind of, you know, might not understand that they just want to please and they just want you to be direct with them and let them know what they need to do to please you. 
And and I <laughs> and and it, yeah, and, but it's interesting in a time where we talk about you know millennials being uh, very outspoken at the same time. They're like, oh well, we we you know a lot of the millennials that that I've talked with and interviewed, they'll say, well, I, I don't want to be politically correct. I just want to be you know say what I need to say and get it out there. And and I think politically correct though, just means being mindful. I think we if we could just go being like presently correct instead of politically correct, you know, and be mindful of the other person that there's a heart there. You know, you're not talking in somebody's head, you're talking to their heart too. And everybody has one. So how do we get, how do we get around that? How do you deal with that with the people you work with? Um, I, I, I tell them that how do you want to be rejected? How do you see rejection? Um, you know, when we reject people, we, um, it it tells a lot about us. Right. And so, um, it's a matter of what do you say when, um, you are rejected or when you're giving rejection, um, as women, we reject a lot. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) it is easy for us. Yeah. Most, yeah. Yeah. Most women think that they're being rejected by the male, like in a traditional heterosexual, they do feel that men do the rejection and it's not really true when they, if they think about it. Yeah. So it's like we, so we do a lot of rejection. So, but it's just like, how are you speaking to people when you are rejecting them? Are you being kind and considerate? Just like you said, you know, are you being mindful? Um, You know, how do you want to be rejected? Because you don't want to, you don't want somebody to be mean or, you know, be hurtful in any way. So just keeping that in mind. um, Oh yeah. Like, like, like exactly like you said, just being mindful, being respectful. We, we don't even consider the, the little things that happen. And again, I'll go back to a heterosexual, but I'm sure, you know, it happens within all the relationships that women tend to think, well, you know, it's easier for the male. But you think about it, if whenever you're in a social circle, most of the time the women are waiting for the man to come across the room to talk to you. And then if you don't welcome them into your circle, then they have to do that walk of shame back to where they come from without the dance, you know, so we don't realize that rejection comes in many forms and, and it's just somebody sends you a drink for instance, and you don't turn around and smile back and at least nod and say, thank you, or make the second step to engage and give them the green light to come over. That's a form of rejection. So stop and think about that ladies. Like if you're sitting and listening to this, you know, we have to be mindful that our actions speak as loud as our words, right Marla? Yeah, definitely. I actually had this guy come up to me yesterday and he was like, you know, what if I want, I see somebody who's really attractive and I go and I, I, but they're in a group, right? Like, how do I, you know, approach them? And I said, you know what, all you have to do is give an offering, you know, and what I would do is I would have a card or whatever, you know, everybody should have like a card or something, some sort of that has your contact information on it. And just really, um, you know, have your card and just say, hey, I really think you're attractive. I would love to, you know, buy you a drink or take you out sometime. And, you know, if you're up for that, that's perfectly okay. Or if you just want to be friends, that's okay, too. But here you go. And I look, you know, forward to connecting with you if you'd like and just walk away. Right. Something so simple as that is you're you're not you're you're giving away in and you're giving away out and you're an offering. 
right? So this is what I have to offer. People really, people like to take advantage of offerings, right? People love getting things. So um, having both of those, all of those things are, uh, I think, a crucial element into um, navigating rejection in a healthy way. So in keeping with what we're talking about, and at this time of the show, I always offer a labor of love technique for the week. And it's really something to help you grow or do things that you don't necessarily normally do or something to just spark something in you. So here's what I would like to offer you for this week's labor of love. And, and it's very similar to what Marla was just describing. I would like to, you to keep track for seven days of you being out there and do one of two things. I want you to smile to as many people as you can as you walk by them. Look them in the eye and give them a big, fat smile. And I would almost guarantee you in this exercise, you're going to see that probably 100% will smile back at you. And if they're not, that's probably because there's something going on in their lives that they really needed that smile and can't give it back to you. So you're doing a good deed anyway. And I'd like you to keep track of that. And if you have also, you know, the wherewithal, go beyond that. I would like you to just give a compliment to another woman, to another man. It it doesn't have, it's not a flirtatious, just a simple compliment and see how they react. And at the end of the week, read the reaction. See how many people smile back at you and how that made you feel. Because putting a smile on someone's face is such a great gift that you give to them. And and if you give that gift, it's a gift to yourself and a gift to the universe. So that's it for one week. Smile every day to somebody and try and give one person minimum a compliment with nothing expected in return and see how you feel about it. We're going to continue this call. You like that, Marla? I love that. I (laughs) smile at everybody. I'm a naturally happy person, so I love it. I I think it's absolutely fantastic, and people do need to smile more. They do. It's it's attractive. And we're going to keep you smiling as we continue this conversation on Pillow Talk with Cheryl with our special guest today, Marla Stewart from Velvet Lips. And uh, don't forget, you're going to stay to the end because at the end, we're going to have our intimate moment of inspiration and kind of my words of wisdom for the week that I'm going to share with you. So stay with us right here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. So here we are, Pillow Talk with Cheryl, and we're having a really juicy, intimate conversation today, all about, well. It's called Velvet Lips because we're here with the creator and the founder of Velvet Lips, Marla Stewart, and we're talking about, well, your intimate moments and how we use our time to communicate with each other. Right, Marla? Yes, yes, definitely. My favorite subjects. <laughs> your favorite subject. So I just shared with you some labor of love technique for the week, and it was all about putting smiles on our faces because when we smile and communicate with other people with no expectations... How good does that feel, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what is, um, getting back to what you do, Velvet Lips, and, and you know, right away when you think of Velvet Lips, obviously you t- think totally sensual, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> with Velvet Lips all the time. What do you think is the, the biggest challenge you see with the people you work with? What do you think holds them back? Mm, the biggest challenge that I find is that they don't really know themselves. Um, mm. They haven't uh, thought about questions about their boundaries. They haven't thought about questions around their values. They haven't thought about questions as their, for their desires about what turns them on, what turns them off. Um, so they really, honestly, I feel like it's, they just don't know themselves. And so they get into relationships and then they're like, oh, wait, maybe I like this or I don't like this. And like, and it starts to fall apart because they didn't know that in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with my couples. I remember um, I, had, uh, I had these clients. Uh, there was a couple seven, year, seven years into the relationship, so seven years and two kids into the relationship. She expresses that um, she is unhappy with the sex and she's never had an orgasm with him and everything is bad. And, um, they came to see me at 10 years. So that was at seven years. She said that they went three more years until finally they sought out some help. And still like, it was just not, they were, they were trying their best, but she recognized the incompatibility, but she sacrificed that incompatibility that sexual chemistry for whatever it is. I don't know. Maybe he made lots of money. Maybe, you know, I don't know what it is, but she made that sacrifice knowing that the sex wasn't great. So what I do is I encourage people to understand that, you know, know yourself when you know your boundaries, when you know your values, when you know your desires, when you know what turns you on, this makes it easier for you to seek out partners who are um, along those same lines as you, you know, right. who value the same things, who, who will respect your boundaries, who will, um, who you have, you know, sexual compatibility with. Um, and so that you're not, you know, coming to see me 10 years later, <laughs> you know, so. Well, you know, interesting because I, the, the base of my, my work and, and everything that I do, like from the first thing when you come to my, one of my retreats or if I'm working with you, 
is to establish your lifestyles, values, and goals. The LVG, I talk about it all the time on the show, and, and that starts from you. I mean, you don't do that in conjunction with anybody else. That that has to be done with, with exactly. you and only you, and it's actually something that I'm even going to share in my Intimate Whispers coming up. But the interesting part is, you know, Esther Pearl, you know, she, she's mm-hmm. fantastic. She actually just... Um, wrote a book and and she's talked about, you know, cheating and and having a cheating husband and that it's not necessarily wrong for a woman to to decide to stay with a husband who has extramarital affairs because in, in the total compass of what a relationship is, there are different things that people value and different things that people need and where does the missing link rank on your you're on your scale, you know, and, and I understand that as a woman who does what I do now, but also as a woman who got divorced and to the outside world and to, in many ways, my husband was exactly, or my ex-husband was exactly aligned in so many ways. But one of the most important things to me um, and, you know, lovely lifestyle, kid, everything's great, mm-hmm. but it was a connection. It was, it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was being able to speak the same language without being able to speak and, and the compassion level for, for individuals. And we didn't speak on that. And that was, that is, you know, we talk about how we communicate and, and, and the way we talk to other people it was so, it's so important to me that if somebody isn't around me that can't speak that language, it was darkness in, in the relationship. And that small 10% took up 90% of the relationship. Mm. You know, so it's the same thing for somebody possibly, you know, this woman, you know, the sexual component or the, the woman or man who has a husband or a spouse that is having extra affairs well, because everything else is so good and it's 90% of what you want, you accept the 10% that is the least important, you know? So it's, it's about, I, I look at it with my clients. It's not about settling. It's about making the choices and, and sticking with the ones that are the most important to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I tell people it's, it's a combination of the emotional and the logical, right? Right. Um, It's not only, I love them. I love them. Yes, you love them. But love is not enough to keep a relationship together. Love is not enough. You have to have the logical component piece of it. um, The things that logistically make sense for the both of you. And a lot of people just, you know, they, 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 they don't understand that. Um, and so that's what I feel like a lot of my job is to letting people know the emotion is good. I love emotion. I love being in love. I love that feeling. But I also had to realize that the logical piece of it had to make sense for me or else I would start to resent my partner. Right. And I don't want to resent them in any way because that's not sexy. Then then you, you start being turned off and it's just like a whole downward spiral that you don't want to go down. So um, so were you able to help that couple in the end or has she gone off living and accepting that part of her relationship that is important to her is not important enough to break up the relationship? Yeah, it was. Um, they ended up um, staying together. Um, and just trying, you know, trying to, uh, master the seduction piece of it. So I have an erotic activities, uh, sheet. And so, um, what they ended up doing was just trying to like, 
check these off their list to see if it's something. Because he, she was his first. And so he hasn't been with any other women. And so it, it was just a matter of just trying to find what, what in their sexual relationship would help her get the sexual satisfaction that she needs. So, And they have children, right? Yeah, they have two children. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting enough, um, with some of the people that I've met and that I've worked with, they'll talk about the fact, and and it's something that has been, you know, out there for years, that often, you know, when you become a couple, the two of them, for instance, share a certain sexual lifestyle and, and they're enjoying being in love and frolicking. But then what happens also is they have children and then it becomes the mother of my children. Well, I can't, like, I can't sexually dominate or, or try new things with the mother of my children. You're no longer their lover that they, that they fell in love with and start a relationship with. Now you're the mother. And, Mm -hmm. and it's hard for some men to go back and make them or see their partner as this sexual female being again. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, do you find that a lot in your practice? Um, yeah, I do. Um, it's hard to come back from that. It really yeah. is. And getting them back on track um, is very, very difficult. But what I usually say is, even if you're having a period of like low desire, um, just stretching yourself and just saying yes. Um, Fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, it will help you remind yourself that like, oh, wait yeah, this actually does feel good. I forgot, you know, um, and because a lot of times people just forget that. Yeah, you need a reminder. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody wants to get in touch with you, Marla, how can they do so? So you can get in touch with me. Um, you can go to uh, velvetlipssexed.com um, um, and you can get in touch with me on social media, velvetlipssexed, but there's no E in the sex. I'm trying to avoid the whole sesta fossa thing. Um, Or you can email me at Marla at velvetlipsllc.com. And um, yeah, you can go to my website if you want to go to Sex Down South. It's sexdownsouth.com. Thank Um, you. Yeah, Instagram is SDSCon. Yeah, it's Instagram. Yeah. They'll be able to find you. So if you want more from Marla and her velvet lips, don't forget to get in touch with her. And I want to say thank you very much, Marla, for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And now it's time for, well, my whispers. And they're not from Velvet Lips. They're from my lips and my heart to yours. And this is the time where I invite you to get all comfy and cozy and uh, take a moment, take a deep breath if you want, and just think about what I'm about to share with you because this is about the voice and the voice from the heart. And you know that's what we're all about here. We're about heart and love and connection and yourself. So this is what I have for you this week. From the voice of my heart, my heart laid nestled in the warmth of my true love of life, beating with the power like a drummer marching with his band. The energy that surrounds my being makes my blood course through my body with electricity. Excitement for the magic that is the universe ignites my desire to live big and bright. Let me whisper in your ears all that my heart wants to share. The voice of my heart cries, let my heart heal from the pain of the past. Let my heart feel compassion for those in need. Let my heart help dry the tears of my beloveds. And let my heart be vulnerable. 
The voice of my heart sings. Let my heart surrender my fears to the wind. Let my heart feel the elements that conjure up my every emotion. Let my heart say what is true to me. Let my heart be free to be me. The voice of my heart declares, my heart will always mend even if it's broken at times. My heart will be kind to me so I can be kind to others. My heart will be true to me as I am deserving of self-love. And my heart will truly love as long as it is beating. And I ask you, what is your heart saying this week? I hope it says, I love me and I love you. I want to send you big love and sharing to all of you out there and hope you have an amazing week. And as always on this show, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And I want to remind you this week and always keep it simple and stimulating because we all know it's all about the kiss. Good night, everybody. Speak to you soon. Thanks for being here. Pillow Talk with Cheryl Besner will be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll want to make sure you're back for more great Pillow Talk. Oh,